Welcome back to Design Huddle, a podcast for creative professionals looking to level up. This podcast is hosted by myself, Ryan Warner, a UX designer based in New York City, and my co-host, Brendan Gross, a digital strategist for Fortune 500s. This podcast is the intersection of design, business, people, and just possibly the next big idea. We interview designers, thought leaders, co-founders, influencers, and sometimes just our friends from Instagram. If you like design, the internet, or storytelling, this just might be your new favorite podcast. We have a ton of incredible episodes and content coming out soon, so please subscribe. And for now, let's dive in to today's episode of Design Huddle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Michael Janda, thank you so much for having giving us some of your time today. I'm super excited to really get into the topic of what is the responsibility of the designer. You've done so much in your career. I'm super excited. You're really, in my mind, the perfect person to really talk about this topic. You've gone from, you know, from scratch to executive level creative leader to building your own business, selling it, and just doing so much in the creative industry. So thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Of course. So to get into this topic, for starters, you know, in your, you know, entire experience in the creative industry, through your coaching, the people and creatives you've worked with, when it comes to, you know, advancement in the designer or creative's career, do you feel like those you've coached or those you've, you know, mentored, do you feel that there is a disfocus or do you feel that they're focusing too much on something that is not going to propel them further in their career? And if so, what are they focusing on that they shouldn't be? And what is the thing that you believe that they should be focusing on to help them get to that next level? Well, I think it's a, it's an interesting question. When you sent me these questions, it, I, I kind of pondered on this a little bit. And I started to think about my time when I was in design school and the emphasis of making things pretty. You're always yeah. competing against, you know, the other 20 or 30 people in your class. And whoever had the prettiest design was like the heralded great designer of the group. They were the ones that everybody was like, oh, if I could only design like so-and-so. And and so the focus at the early stages of a career is always the make it pretty, make it pretty type of, of design. But the reality is, is that our job as designers is to communicate through visuals to a target customer. That is the number one focus. We've got to deliver and communicate. And and all it's not always the prettiest solution that wins that communication challenge, you know, that that scratches that communication itch. Sometimes you've got to do do certain design uh, approaches to make things speak to a target audience, and it may not be the prettiest thing. So I think that there's a little bit of a misconception 
there. And I see that like when I hire or interview junior designers, uh, you know, they come in and they, and you hire them and they get frustrated when the client changes something or, or their creative director changes something and it, in their opinion, ruins their design. But the reality is, is that the design is better because it now more effectively communicates to the target customer. And so I think younger designers struggle with this sometimes, balancing, making it pretty with making it effectively communicate to a target customer. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. It's the beauty and communication piece. And so with that said, I, I think that's a great way to open up this, this conversation of the responsibility of the, the designer. So in terms of, and for those of you guys watching, we're really going to get into, you know, what's expected of a designer as you progress through your career. I think that's why I picked Michael, because he has such an expansive, uh, such experience in terms of his trajectory in um, in his time in the field. So with that said, Michael, I, just to paint the picture for our audience, I would really love for us to talk about, um, you know, your journey as a creative. So take us back to, let, let, let's do three points. Let's talk about when you started in the industry as a junior designer, what, you know, the middle point of, you know, being, becoming a manager and that third piece of when you became an executive level, uh, creative and for bonus points, we can talk about it later, but, um, how you really transitioned from an executive level creative to running your own business. Um, so with that, we talked about designing the beauty and then also the communication piece of this. So as you went through your experience or your journey as a, a creative, tell us a little about what your what it was expected of you in terms of your responsibility and your skill set when you first got into the industry awesome question and um like you said my my journey i think i i ran the whole gamut from my very first job which honestly it was alpha graphics man i couldn't get any yeah. other job out of college alpha graphics was it i was designing hundred dollar business cards and then doing pre-press for yeah. this alpha graphics shop and it to me you know that's the bottom if you have a design degree that's the bottom of where you start and, and there are comparable bottoms but that that's as low as you can you can start in my opinion and that really drove me to start to self-educate and learn i was like in my head thinking this is not what i expected or what i want for my career i want something more so i was driven to to grow I bounced around a few uh, starter jobs, production, junior designer jobs, uh, just taking orders from a senior designer, from the agency owner, and doing whatever they were telling me to do, pushing, basically pushing the buttons. Right. Uh, I got hired, my, my big break came when I was hired at a children's toy and book company in Phoenix, Arizona. I was hired as their webmaster. This was 1996. No, it was 1998. Uh, I was hired as their webmaster, which isn't even a thing anymore unless you're like 70 years old and you call people webmaster. And I was <laughs> I was uh, hired to build their website for this children's toy book company. And he wanted a an interactive environment like a toy store that you would go to and. Anyway, I built this thing, I 3D modeled it, I built it in Flash 2.0, uh, 
Um, and it was really revolutionary. And he loved it so much, the CEO, that he had me hire somebody to help me build faster. And this was my break because now all of a sudden I was going to have an opportunity to transition from designer to a design leader. I had to hire this person. Now, can I manage a person was what happened to me. This is the question. Okay. I can manage myself and do good work. Can I manage somebody else and, and help them do good work? Well, by the end of that year, I had like 26 employees. I was managing programming, uh, editorial, and creative for this uh, company. We were building out this massive environment for kids. And uh, what I see, and let me, let me just interject what, the lesson there to me and what I've seen in my own career is that you get an opportunity. If you're a great designer, you're going to get an opportunity to get promoted to be an art director. That's the next, the next natural transition. Your boss is going to say, wow, amazing designer. I want them to be able to influence the design of all these other people. And that's your opportunity. But I have seen people that I've personally hired and they're great designers and I promote them into failure because they cannot make that transition. They can do it great for themselves, but they can't do it in a managerial role. So the natural progression of somebody's design career is that at some point you will promote yourself out of actually designing things and your role will become leadership. It will become critiquing, it will become uh, concept uh, concepting at a dry erase board, setting the trajectory of a project. It will become managing clients and scoping projects. This is the right. natural progression. And on my Instagram, I'm always talking about, you got to solve bigger problems, bigger problems, bigger problems, because these are the things that are more valuable than just pushing the pixels around. So right. you don't have to progress. And some designers get frustrated because they just want to push the pixels around. I had a designer who I wanted to promote as a creative director, and he said no. He wanted to just stay designing. So that's okay. You're just going to cap yourself in your career to where you're where you could progress to. So there are things that you have to learn that go beyond just the the pushing the pixels component if you're going to progress in your career to to bigger uh, roles and bigger phases. I 100% agree. And I, I, you did a great job at, in terms of bridging, you know, what it, what's expected when we start out and what exactly responsibility wise changes as we progress through our career. It's more so not, it's more, it expands from control of self and being able to facilitate what you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis to solving bigger problems. And that is team problems, larger problems that you really, your job changes from self in skill to can you facilitate, can you uh, inspire, can you motivate, and can you um, solve larger, not just technical problems, you know, solving website sales funnels and doing all of that, but can you get a team to build a good solution and work with them well uh, to get a good output? And the steps after that become, you know, managing a business. If you do that so well, then the clients start coming to you. They find you, they want you. And you grow into where all of a sudden you're hiring employees of your own 
and managing the infrastructure of a business, including finances and sales and, and marketing and brand building of your own agency. And, and that's the progression as well. So I, I had a point about five years into growing my agency where all I was doing was administrative stuff. And I felt, I remember thinking to myself, man, I just succeeded myself out of doing something that I loved into being a business owner. And I didn't like it at first. I it really struggled with it. I had like succeeded myself out of a career that was great into something I didn't love. And I had to do a lot of paradigm shifting to figure out how can I learn to love this, which I eventually solved for myself. Uh, but but that's, that's naturally what's going to happen. The, the more you progress in a design career, the less design you're actually going to be doing because the high dollar value engagements don't need you to be the designer. You need people to be the designer because you have too much design for one person to do on their own. So first of all, that was a beautiful picture you, picture you just painted. So now let's get into, now that we have that picture in front of us, let's talk about you know how you were able to position, you already said it a little bit and I, I, I wanna dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. So now that we have that picture painted, let's dive into each one of those transitions. You it sounds like you positioned yourself very organically during your career, but let's talk about those transition periods. Did you find yourself in those positions and be like, oh, I need to learn this skill to get to that managerial level, or you just were doing so well at your current position and just doing more than asked, and that is what propelled you to that next position, or is it like, were you like, oh, you know, I see that I'm missing X skill. I'm going to put myself in the position to learn this so that I can basically get a promotion or progress. Uh, you know, did you position yourself or was it more so organic in terms of how you progress? It was organic. Um, as I was going through it, I felt like it was organic, but it was really structured if I look back on it now uh, in hindsight. Right. So I'll give you an example. I when I first started, it was the beginning of the dot-com era. You know, I graduated from college in 1996. Websites weren't a thing in 1995, and all of a sudden they were in 1996. It was right at the start of the, the big dot-com push, which lasted about five years before the tech bubble burst and, and everything went to pot. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I lived through that too, and that was a challenging time. So the uh, the... The first transition I had was, okay, I, I had a student portfolio, which sucked. I couldn't get a job other than Alpha Graphics. And how do I get myself past this? And so it was all about design fundamentals. I was, re, I was doing practice projects all the time. I was looking at other people's portfolio websites, which was the very start of portfolio sites. I would see something that inspired me and I would try and replicate how it was done in my own sight and style. And I just kept pushing myself and learning book after book of design principles stuff, you know, logo books and grid books and typography books. And I was just trying to learn, augment what I had learned in college. So my first phase was design fundamentals. I got to have these down. That's so much easier today than it was when I was doing it, man. Just pull up Pinterest, Behance, Dribble. And you're going to get more design inspiration in one hour of clicking around than I could get in five days of thumbing through books. So it's so, you got so much opportunity now as a young designer. 
So design fundamentals, that was phase number one. Phase number two is getting from the, I'm a great designer to now I'm a design leader. Can I be an art director? And what do I need to know to become an art director? And that, that step is leadership, inspiring others. You mentioned that, Brandon. Inspiring and motivating others. And then an eye for detail. The ability to look at somebody else's design and know what to say to get their design to improve to a new level. And that comes with practice. It comes with critiquing a lot of design. It, and you can practice critiquing without even having any people that you critique. Just look at, pull up Pinterest and start critiquing every design that you see. <laughs> critique. You don't have to tell anybody, just what yeah. would you say to them? So practice the critiquing. Um, but that's the next big phase of, of the thing is the art director, creative director role. And then that transition, that next phase becomes business leadership. It, and um, that becomes, for me, I, I got a couple years into growing my agency and realized I had no idea what I was doing. And I read book after book after book of business theory, uh, MBA in a box kinds of, of books, and then management books and things. And I built an infrastructure around myself, a great accountant who's become a good friend. I had, you know, people who health insurance people that I worked with that became partners that could could fill some of the needs that I had no idea how to do. So uh, that's the next phase is is not just design leadership, but now you're looking at business leadership. And that's where you learn so many great things that can help you have a bigger impact on your clients where you can run and grow your own business. Now you can sit with a client and help them run and grow their business. And then you start right. to become invaluable to them. And it's all part of this creative journey. If you're a great designer, that's where it starts, but it can progress all the way up to, to that type of a role. Great picture, Janda. <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain, Thanks. I can't uh, you know, articulate how good of um, a story you just laid out for us there. So, I mean, definitely my takeaways is just as responsibility scales, you have to be able to position yourself and be able to take action on what you feel is missing. It sounds like during your journey, it was organic, but you saw holes or really gaps in, in your understanding or there was challenges you needed to solve in order to get your job done. And you either read or found people to fill those gaps in your knowledge. So, I mean, Janda, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I keep calling you that. Hey, man. My, it's more fun than Mike. Mike, honestly. My, nephew's, like name, my nephew's name is Thor Janda. I'm not even lying, man. Oh, man. Thor Janda. He's 14. I'm like so jealous because my parents could have named me Thor and they named me Mike. Come on. Oh. Thor you got, Janda, you got man. That's legit. <laughs> anyway. Man, man. So thank you so much, Michael. Hey, it's you been bet. a pleasure. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate well, first off, before we get off, tell everybody where we can learn a little bit more from you and where we can find you on the internet. So you can check out my website, michaeljanda.com. Instagram is where I'm posting most consistently. Uh, and my handle is at morejanda, M-O-R-E-J-A-N-D-A. -E I also have a YouTube channel that I am posting 
semi-regularly too, but Instagram is my daily post uh, and I'm dropping some knowledge there. So check it out. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. You've illustrated perfectly exactly what I wanted to achieve here today, which is the progression of somebody who's really gone through end to end and really still killing it in the creative industry. And I hope you guys who are listening and watching get some major gems from Michael Janna. Go ahead, check him out on all social medias. And until next time, your boy, Brandon Gross, your favorite designer and digital strategist, and Michael Janda. We'll talk to y'all later. All right, peace. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.